And so I invite you, wherever you are right now, just to close your eyes and just to take stock of how you are in your mind and in your heart and in your body. Picture yourself in your mind's eye, sitting wherever you are, in your immediate surroundings, the people around you, the houses around you, the town or city around you, your state or your country and the whole world. And for this next hour, we have such an opportunity here to bring together all these circles of awareness into our hearts and to consciously and intentionally lean into our hearts and find just how connected we really are. And at a time like this, it's so easy to succumb to fear and to the unknown. And so it's all the more important that we dig deep and that we go inside and find the real true resources that are always there for us, the divine indwelling. I love those words, the divine indwelling inside each of us. And so as you sit there, just let these words swirl around inside you. Let them just echo and resound within you as we just say, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Heather. That's great. I had a theme for our service today, which I think is quite apt now, which is... Uh, being at peace with your life. Um, and the reading I had for today was from the Tao Te Ching. And I think it's a lovely reading this, because it just gives the sense of resting in something. The Tao is always at ease. It overcomes without competing. Answers without speaking a word. Arrives without being summoned. Accomplishes without a plan. Its net covers the whole universe, and though its meshes are wide, it doesn't let a thing slip through. So this is the third uh, talk that I've been giving um, during Lent, and I'm just going to continue this through that. There'll be some relevance to what, what's going on as well, but uh, um, the talk, I've been giving a series of talks on that prayer that uh, Heather used, um, the Colic for Purity. Um, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that I may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ. Amen. And as I said before, that, that prayer, is comforting when you think of the years, has been used since the 11th century, and it's in the preface to The Cloud of Unknowing. In that first week, I spoke about that first line, Almighty God, 
And I said that I found the whole concept of idea of God unhelpful because we really don't know what we mean by it. As it says in Psalm 139, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. We just don't know. Um, So I think it's better to use phrases like the ground of all being or the universal mind. The other thing I said in that first week was that I thought that that evolution, as we know it, as it goes on, is prompted by the transmission of love from that reality, that great reality, that ground of all being, into our consciousness. And therefore, I think the evolution is driven by the evolution of consciousness. That's, I I said, I thought was the prime mover in evolution, was the evolution of consciousness. And in connection with that, I put forward two ideas. First of all, that the evolution of consciousness is driven by connection. When we connect with anything, it affects our consciousness, be that the connection with the divine or each other, anything. Connectivity, I said, therefore, is, there, is therefore the agent of evolution. And the second idea I put forward was that consciousness, everything out here, consciousness, is in fact a library of information that all of us contribute to and all of us draw from. When we're born, we're given access to that library It enables us to learn languages, be educated to the latest level of understanding that we're connected with. And then throughout our lives, we both draw from that information and give it back. And when we go, nothing's lost. It's all kept there because all the connections within consciousness registered and remain in that pool of knowledge. So I said that the way evolution works is that this library of information develops. And so it's gradually informed and taken over by that love that's feeding us from a divine source. And through the portal of our own consciousness, that love moves. That's how it sort of comes together. Last week, I spoke about to whom all hearts are open, and I talked about our hearts being always open to that universal mind, to that ground of all being. And it's us to open our hearts too to the world and allow the love and wisdom of that universal mind to flow through us. And today I want to talk about that line, to whom all desires known and from whom no secrets are hidden. All desires known and no secrets are hidden. Nothing's hidden from from that God or that divine consciousness. That lovely quote from Mark Twain. I once sent a dozen of my friends a telegram saying, flee at once, all is discovered. They all left town immediately. It seems to me, you know, that all of us have a past that includes unsavory elements and and a present that includes desires that frequently appear in our lives. And our, our first thought is to keep everything well and truly hidden. But to hear that that ground of all being, that that's all our desires are open to that ground of all being. Everything is known and that no secrets are hidden means that we can rest in the knowledge that we are fully seen for who we are. That lovely quote from Thomas Merton who says, to be unknown of God, to be unknown of God is altogether too much privacy. As I mentioned the first week, I use this prayer as a part of my daily practice. And I use these two lines to scan my life to see what my desires are and just what I think I'm keeping hidden. It gives me a chance to see where I am in my life. 
what my secret wishes are so I can let them go. What my secret fears are so I can let them go too. These lines are all about opening up to our deepest level and letting go into the love and wisdom that holds us in its heart. And there's much to be fearful in many of our lives at the moment, not least with the coronavirus creeping on us, a bit like that snow squall the other day that happened in Aspen. It just went whoosh through. It's been so sudden that even the the dictionary on my Microsoft Office spell check didn't recognize the word. Or so I thought until I realized I'd misspelt it, which rather ruins the point, but never mind. It, it is coming upon us quite quickly. How do we respond to the fear that's all around us at the moment? A secret that's probably not so deeply hidden, but one nonetheless that we have to be aware of and be open to being with. I take great comfort in the idea that when you, when you invest in your life in the development of wisdom, and I think, you know, my life is really, and I think a lot of our lives who are here in the valley and in the chapel have been about investing in wisdom in our life. How do we live our lives more skillfully? And when our lives have been about in that investment in wisdom, when that's been a key part of our lives, you're really investing in the capacity to respond to any situation in an appropriate way. And I know that if I'm, if I'm conscious of what's going on around me and I have the serenity of heart to be able to look at my life clearly, I know that I'm going to be able to face anything that comes my way and respond with the wisdom that I've been developing over these years and respond with the wisdom that's within me. I know I have that capacity. You know, if people around me get ill, I can face that and I can respond to it appropriately. If I get ill, the same thing applies. I'm a great believer in not worrying about things that I cannot affect. I know, I know that what comes my way is what the universe is asking me to deal with as lovingly as possible. And so all of us have that capacity. All of us need to rest in the knowledge that we will know how to respond in a loving way to anything that comes. So we don't have to worry about that. What comes my way is the work that I'm given to deal with in a way of transforming my life and transforming the lives around us. It's a vehicle. What comes my way is a vehicle for bringing about that open-hearted love that we spoke about last week. Whatever happens, I can respond with an open-hearted love. And therefore, it's a catalyst for that open-hearted love. And that includes the possibility of getting ill. And there's no point in worrying about it. In fact, it's better to face it now rather than at the last moment because then you're prepared. Fear is really a part of those secrets that we have and which are not hidden from the loving nature that's within us. We're asked to open ourselves to those fears and meet them with a loving wisdom that tells us that it's going to be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. We have to realize and recognize the fact that the fear is there and meet it 
with the knowledge that we're part of a greater whole and that our lives are a contribution to that greater whole. The way we respond now is our contribution to that information, that library of information, whether it goes well for us or not. We're making that contribution. So our fear is really just an attempt to control the situation or to be accurate, our minds worrying that we'll not be able to control the situation. Well, let me give you the good news and the bad news. You cannot, you cannot control the situation. You know, Howard Hughes at the end of his life found that when he padded around his apartment on tissues because he was afraid of microbes. We cannot control it now. So our response has to be to look at the fear and to realize that that fear is a response of our rational minds, not one from our hearts. Yes, we should take precautions. Yes, we should wash our hands. Yes, we should not walk into the ER if we have symptoms, as that would close the ER, but simply call the doctor. But more than that, we have to, as it says in the Tao Ching, do our work and then step back. That is the path to serenity. Do your work, do your due diligence, and know that you'll be able to face anything that comes your way with love and the wisdom that's at the center of your life. That's why we do this stuff. That's why we pray. That's why we prepare. That's why we practice. We prepare to live our lives in all situations in a wise and loving way and as a contribution to others. And if the coronavirus has taught us one thing, is that national boundaries are totally arbitrary. And until we face our problems from a global perspective, as a global community, then our self-interest will continue to keep us both isolated and vulnerable. So, almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, that line enables us to relax into the hands of our creator, to relax into the love and wisdom that's at the center of our lives and thereby allow it to come through us into the world. And the purpose of our, those lines is to remind us that of that whole thing and to give us an opportunity to let go. Everything we've ever worried about, everything we've ever thought of is held and contained by that loving wisdom that gives us all the resources that we'll ever need in facing the circumstances of our lives. As it said in that reading, the Tao is always at ease. It overcomes without competing, answers without speaking a word, arrives without being summoned, accomplishes without a plan. Its net covers the whole universe, and though its meshes are wide, it doesn't let a thing slip through. And just to complete that phrase, the same goes with our desires, to whom all hearts are written, all desires known. Um, the desires within us that tend to rule us, they just melt in the face of that loving wisdom at the center of our lives. The desire for wealth, for fame, success, for health, for pleasure, for sensation, they are all deeply known. And if we rest in them being known, then... They melt away and have no power over us. There's a lovely poem by Rayo Khan, which says, 
If there is beauty, there must be ugliness. If there is right, there must be wrong. Wisdom and innocence are complementary. Illusion and enlightenment cannot be separated. There is an old truth. Don't think it was discovered recently. I want this, I want that, is nothing but foolishness. I'll tell you a secret. All things are impermanent. To allow the universal love in our hearts is to acknowledge the impermanence and to allow our desires and our fears to melt away and leave us in that place of peace. As I said last week, by opening the door to our hearts, we're not surviving. We're living and loving as part of the flow of the universe. Our hearts open, our desires known, our secrets laid bare. That is the place of being that we're asked to inhabit, a portal for love to flow through us. And by opening up to all of this, we arrive in that place of serenity that gives us the resources to deal with whatever comes our way. As I said last week, this facility doesn't come to us just by thinking about it. We have to practice it. And if there's ever a time to invest in your meditation practice, I'm going to thump the tub now. If there's any time to invest in your meditation practice, now is it. We've all got the time at home. And if you haven't got one, then join Heather, nine o'clock on our weekdays, and, um, and join her and just start that practice for yourself. Spending time coming out of your mind and into your body will resource you and enable you to stay calm and centered, whatever comes your way. Both the Collect for the Purity and the Lord's Prayer are really useful in getting our minds into the right place so that we can begin. And then it's just a case of coming out of your mind and into the peace of your body. I think the Tao teaching has got so much to offer. And, you know, the stanza after the one that we've read today, uh, number 74, goes like this. It says, if you realize that all things change, there is nothing you'll try to hold on to. If you aren't afraid of dying, there's nothing you can't achieve. Trying to control the future is like trying to take the master carpenter's place. When you handle the master carpenter's tools, chances are you'll cut your hand. Amen. So let's pray. Wherever we are, let's just open our hearts now. As we just form this little community together, we open our hearts to all those affected by the coronavirus, from their health, financially, all circumstances those suffering at the moment, those who are bereaved. We ask that we respond appropriately to all the situations going on. We ask for wisdom for, from our leaders, that you will place wisdom, humility and love in their hearts and they'll make the right decisions to enable us to stay safe. 
Pray for all those who cannot protect themselves. People in war zones, people who are homeless, people in prisons, people who are vulnerable by their very existence. Pray for all our world at the moment. Pray that we may become portals for that love and wisdom to all those around us. Particularly pray for those in hospitals at the moment and those who are bereaved. And in our own community, we continue to pray for John from Clark's Pharmacy, Rita Hunter, Heather Morrow, Brett McKenzie, David Harrod, Petra Crimmel, Marianne Boltz, Diane Shelton, Jim Stark, John and Susan Wampler, the O'Keefe family, Christopher Gavitt, the family of Cassius Miller, Donna Ward's uncle who died at the age of 100, and Saville Ryan and family after the death of her husband, Charles Marsh. We offer ourselves in your holy name. Amen.